listening to the Dental Chat Podcast with Dr. Sylvia Lobo Lobo. Dr. Okuji received his dental education at UCLA and pediatric dentistry residency certification at the University of Southern California. He also has an MBA from the UC Berkeley House School of Business and earned a master's degree in healthcare management from the Harvard School of Public Health. Early in his career, Dr. Okuji practiced as an associate pediatric dentist in Northern California for five years and then practiced for Saudi Aramco, an international oil company, for the next five years. After repatriating to the United States, he was the principal of a multi-dentist, multi-specialty practice for 24 years in California. He currently operates a dental practice consulting company and serves as a senior associate director for the NYU Langone Hospital's Pediatric Dental Residency Program. In addition to his practice management experience, Dr. Okuji is an educator and a public health advocate. He is also board certified in pediatric dentistry and public health and serves as a part-time lecturer in oral health policy and epidemiology at the Harvard School of Dental Medicine. His primary academic interests are in value-based healthcare systems and global public health. Welcome, Dr. Okuji. It's exciting to have the opportunity to talk to you about establishing a dental home. Good morning, and thank you so much, Dr. Lobo Lobo, uh, for, and your listeners for this opportunity to spend time with you. Thank you. So can you please tell our listeners what is a dental home and why is it important for my child to have one? That's a wonderful question to start off with. So let me first define what a dental home is. Your child's dental home is like your child's medical home with the uh, pediatrician or family practice physician. Normally, you would talk um, with the child's medical doctor about making a dental home because your child's doctor will be seeing your baby from the first days and weeks of life, plan to discuss when and how you should later develop a dental home, that is, a dentist who can give consistent, high-quality professional care, just as you have a medical home for your child's doctor. Usually, a dentist will want to see a child by his or her first birthday or within six months of the first tooth's eruption. And at this first visit, your dentist can easily check your child's teeth and determine the frequency of future dental checkups. It's important for your child's overall health that your dental and medical homes work together and communicate with each other to protect your child's health. For example, a recent study showed that before age six, children have more medical doctor visits each year compared to uh, dental visits. And then at age nine and beyond, children see the dentist more frequently each year than the medical doctor. With this new knowledge, we know that medical doctors and dentists can now support oral health prevention uh, during the preschool years with the medical doctors uh, uh, giving advice about oral health since they see the children more frequently. And then dentists can help support overall health prevention from grade school and beyond because the dentist can also uh, screen and monitor for general medical conditions such as sleep apnea sc screening, 
uh, human papillomavirus vaccination prevention, smoking and e-cigarette counseling, and healthy weight nutritional counseling, counseling, especially with diabetic children. So therefore, it's very important for your child's medical doctor and dentist to have excellent communications and coordination. Can you please tell our listeners how early should parents bring their children to their first dental visit? Yes, uh, both the American Academy of Pediatrics and the American Academy of Pediatric Dentistry recommend your child see a, a dentist when the first tooth erupts or no later than his or her first birthday. And this is because we want to prevent dental problems. That's great information. What should parents expect when bringing their, child, uh, their child to their first dental visit? Oh, the first dental visit is a very fun experience for, for our parents and the children. Uh, during the first visit, the dentist uh, will not only conduct a thorough examination for your child, but the dentist will talk to you, uh, the child's caregiver, about multiple things. And I'll go down a list of what they'll talk about. Um, first, the dentist will talk about fluoride and your child. Fluoride is a naturally occurring mineral that is found in many foods, and it's also added to drinking water in some cities and towns. It can benefit dental health by strengthening the tooth enamel, making it more resistant to attack from acid that can cause tooth decay. It also reduces the ability of plaque bacteria to pr produce this acid. Check with your local water utility agency to find out if your water has fluoride in it. If it doesn't, ask your doctor if you should get a prescription for fluoride drops or chewable tablets for your child. The next reason uh, at, at the, for the first visit is that the dentist will check and clean your baby's teeth. Healthy teeth should all be one color. If you see spots or stains on the teeth, take your baby to the dentist. As soon as your child has a tooth, has a tooth, begin to use a smear size or a size of a grain of rice of fluoride toothpaste when you uh, clean your child's teeth. And you should brush and clean the teeth at least twice a day. It's best to clean them right after breakfast and before bedtime. Once your child turns three years old, you can begin to use a pea-sized amount of fluoride toothpaste. And when your child is able to uh, spit out the excess toothpaste, uh, don't forget to rinse with water. As your child gets older, let, let uh, your child use their own toothbrush. It's best if you put the toothpaste on the toothbrush until your child is about age six. Because as you know, young kids tend to just squirt things out of these toothpaste tubes or anything else yeah. they get a chance to grab. Um, until children are seven or eight years old, you'll need to help them brush their teeth because they don't quite have the manual dexterity yet to manage the toothbrush appropriately. And then try to brush their teeth first and then letting them finish up so they feel a little bit of ownership in this process. The next thing the dentist will talk about is feeding your baby healthy food. And they'll usually suggest that you choose drinks and foods that do not have a lot of sugar in them. Give your child fruits and vegetables instead of candy and cookies. And be careful with dried fruits, such as raisins, since they e easily stick to the grooves of the teeth and can cause cavities if not thoroughly brushed off the teeth. Finally, at that first visit, the dentist will discuss how to prevent tooth decay. 
For example, they'll talk about not putting your baby to bed with a bottle at night or at night nap time. And if you do put your baby to bed with a bottle, fill it only with water. Milk, formula, juices, and other sweet drinks such as soda all have sugar in them. Sucking on a bottle filled with liquids that have sugar in them can cause tooth decay. During the day, don't give your baby a bottle filled with sweet drinks to use like a pacifier. If your baby uses a pacifier, do not dip it in anything sweet like sugar or honey. And near your child's first birthday, you should teach your child to drink from a cup instead of a bottle. Those are great tips, Dr. Okuji. Uh, how early do children start teething? And that's another great question because children, uh, parents are always anxious to see when are the first teeth going to come in. So teething uh, typically begins when a baby is between six and eight months old, although some children don't have their first tooth until 12 to 14 months old. Teething is a top cause of frequent night waking during the second six months of a baby's life's life and through the age of two years old. So in preparation of teething, it's best to educate yourself on what to expect and what you can safely do to help your child. So starting at age six months, signs to look for are irritability accompanied by a lot of biting or chewing on hard objects and drooling. Other signs include gum swelling and tenderness, refusing food, and as mentioned earlier, disrupted sleep. Teething affects the babies differently, but here are a few things I recommend to parents to help their babies with the discomfort and potential pain of teething and, help, and to help everyone at home get more sleep. First, give your baby a firm teething ring to chew on. Avoid liquid-filled teething rings or any plastic objects that might break. Gently rub the, gu the gums with a cool, wet washcloth or, until the teeth are right near the surface, surface, a clean finger. You may place the wet washcloth in the freezer first, but wash it, again, uh, wash it before using it again. Feed your child cool, soft foods such as applesauce or yogurt if your baby is eating solids. Use a bottle. If it seems to help, but don't fill it with but only fill it with water. Again, formula, milk, or juice can all cause, cause tooth decay. Finally, topical pain relievers and medications that are rubbed on the gums are not necessary or even useful because they wash out of the baby's mouth within minutes. Can you please talk about a little, uh, a little about uh, baby bottle decay? Yes, thank you for that question. So baby bottle decay is also called bottle mouth syndrome or nursing decay syndrome. And it's a special form of tooth decay in very young children. It's caused by prolonged exposure to milk or sugary fluids. Children at risk for baby bottle decay take bottles of milk or juice to bed at nap time and bedtime. They also carry sugary beverages or milk around during the day. It is most common in the upper front teeth and children with baby bottle decay syndrome often need oral surgery under general anesthesia. So what are some things to look for? First, again, red gums. There can be an irritated mouth and teeth that do not look normal. 
And then what should parents do? So again, uh, as I've said earlier, don't give your child a bottle of milk or juice or any fluid containing sugar at nap, nap time, bedtime, or to carry around uh, during the day. Only feed your child at specific meal and snack times. Give your child water after, after a feeding to rinse sugary liquids off the teeth. And give only water or don't give a sleep time bottle. So what are your thoughts on sippy cups or training? Yeah, so after the bottle, as uh, the children transition to sippy cups or training, training, training cups, it's a milestone worthy of a celebration. Your child is graduating from bottles. According to the American Academy of Pediatrics, your toddler should be ready to move on from the breast or bottle between 12 and 24 months. So while your child may not be ready for a regular cup right away, there are a number of training cups you can use to help them move from baby to big kids. Here are three things to consider. First, what type of training cup to use? While it's tempting to purchase a no-spill cup, these are essentially baby bottles with a different design. The aim is to shift from suckling to sipping. No-spill cups have a valve that stops the spills, and the only way your child can drink from a no-spill cup to suck on it, not to sip it. To help your child learn how to sip, look for training cups with the following features. A cup with a snap-on or screw-on lid that has a spout but no valve. Or a training cup that has two handles so your child can hold it more easily. And, or training cups with weighted bases to help them keep upright and to cut down on spills. Second, what goes into your child's cup? So parents should know which drinks are best to give their children. Water with fluoride is the best beverage for your child's teeth. So always offer water first. Milk is also a great option to offer, but only during meals, not in between the meals. According to recent guidelines from the American Academy of Pediatrics, juice has no nutritional value for children under one years old and they should not consume it at all. Older children can drink some juice in recommended age-appropriate limits at mealtimes. Sugary drinks like fruit, fruit juice increase your child's risk for cavities, especially if your child is drinking it between meals. The act of chewing during meals gets the saliva flowing, which can help wash away any leftover sugar from juice or food on your child's teeth. Finally, where and when your child is, is using training cups, here are some suggestions. Like any new skill your baby works on, learning how to use a regular cup will take time, practice, and patience on both of your parts. To help ease them into the habit, Use a training cup with water between meals or when you're on the go. Meal times are a good time to start working with your child on sipping from real cups. Limit spills by starting with small amounts of water or milk in cups your child can comfortably hold. Again, cups with two handles or small paper cups can be great starter tools. And toddlers are called toddlers for a reason. So don't let your, chi don't let your child walk and sip at the same time. In order, so that you can prevent a mouth injury. 
Once the day is done, don't let your child go to bed with any kind of cup unless it's filled with water. Again, letting sugary drinks pool in your child's mouth overnight can lead to cavities. Thank you so much. That's great information, Dr. Okuji. Can you please talk about habits such as pacifier use and thumb Yes. So there are some children who uh, continue uh, to use uh, their thumb or the pacifier, and it will only generally become a problem if they go on for a very long period of time. Most of these children stop the habits on their own, but if they are still sucking their thumbs or fingers past the age of three, a mouth appliance may be recommended by your child's dentist. Um, how early is it recommended to start brushing children's teeth? As uh, mentioned early, um, earlier in the podcast, parents should use a grain size rice of uh, fluoride toothpaste to brush the baby's teeth twice daily as soon as they erupt. And then once the children are three to six years old, the amount of um, toothpaste can increase to a pea-sized dollop of toothpaste. Any other recommendations for our listeners, Dr. Well, um, b being a parent, being a parent for over 30 years, um, my advice has to do with just caring for your child. So yes, please love and care for your children every day because they do grow up so fast. And I suggest using the HAL, HAL principle, H-A-L, with each, your child and each of your family members. H stands for hugs. So hug your family every day. A stands for appreciation. Tell your family that you appreciate them every day. And L, L is for laughter. Laugh with your family every day. Also, uh, if, if your audience would like more information about children's oral health, the websites of the American Academy of Pediatrics, which is the aap.org, or the American Academy of Pediatric Dentistry, which is found at aapd.org, have um, much useful information for children's oral health. So I'd like to thank you, Dr. Lobo Lobo, and I wish you, your listeners, and your families a safe and loving holiday season. Dr. Okuji, thank you so much for sharing with us about such an important topic. Thank you to our listeners for joining us today. Please take a moment to rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. If you would like to recommend topics to discuss in this podcast, please visit the website www.dentalchadpodcast.com or email me at dentalchadpodcast at gmail.com. Disclaimer. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and to inform. This is not a substitute for professional dental care or intended for the diagnosis or treatment of individual conditions.